Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, Greg, when are illegal drugs good for your mental health? I thought we already talked about this. We might have, but we got more to talk about. Some heartbreaking news for Melissa Etheridge. The singer announced yesterday that her son, Beckett Cipher, has died. My son was given Vicodin and... From there, he just never got off of it. He went from Vicodin to heroin to the last few days it was fentanyl. On Twitter, singer Melissa Etheridge wrote in part, I joined the hundreds of thousands of families who have lost loved ones to opioid addiction. He will be missed by those who loved him. How do you turn that sadness from the loss of Beckett into the great work that you're doing right now? The Etheridge Foundation was set up to help people who are understanding how much psychedelics can do for pain and opioid use disorders. You know, there there is no other compound that will stop somebody from physically withdrawing on opiates. We have been working with a group out of Africa that has used the aboga root, which you make ibogaine. If successful, this mysterious compound could have the power to heal millions while seriously disrupting the multi-billion dollar opioid market. And the results that we've gotten back, that not only are these users of 15, 20 years completely off opioids and heroin, but they just turn their life completely around. I'm Greg Glad. I'm Clayton English, and this is The War on Drugs. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back with another War on Drugs podcast. You thought you got rid of us. Man. Nope. You can't get rid of us, man. We we like drugs. Just like the drug war. We ain't going we anywhere. Are just yeah. like drugs. We, we're not going anywhere, and we're slightly addictive. So, uh, you know, we're just giving people they fix, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. How you been, man? It's good. 
We in the summer, you know? Yeah, no, I've, I've been good, man. Yeah. How you been? I'm great, man. I'm great. Nice. Son just had a birthday. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, we didn't have the big party okay. this time, so that was a relief. Uh, any theme, though? What was the case? Oh, two, he's two, so he's too fast, too furious. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, he, he he's yeah. too fast, and he's often very furious about things. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, mom made a, my mom made the race car cake. Like, she... Every year she's stepping up on her cake. So this one was like she made little race cars that were edible and all type of stuff. She went crazy. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. All right. I need to bring your mom over for, yeah, maybe I'll do a race Man, car. Hey, there yeah. you go. I'm telling the, you. The big three six we'll, coming we'll up. Yeah, we'll send, we'll send you one. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll get into all that later. Yeah, we'll, we could talk birthdays all day. But yeah, even a very special occasion come on. Uh, was getting Melissa Etheridge to come, come on the podcast on. and talk plant-based medicines. Yes. And I mean, Clayton, we, we already did the interview, recorded it. That was just an amazing conversation and talking to her. One of someone that, you know, we all kind of grew up with listening yeah, to man. on the radio. Especially if you're from that MTV era. If you're that MTV oh, yeah. generation, you, you know those songs. You know the videos that go with them. So oh, yeah. when they sent the email, like, would you be interested in interviewing Melissa Etheridge about hallucinogens and plant-based medicine? Yes, man. Yes. I didn't even read the other parts. Like some <laughs> things you just ask me, when can I do them? You don't have to yeah. ask me if I want to do them, but yeah. You know, she's so raw and honest about everything. You know, she she had breast cancer and how plant-based medicines helped her through that. Right. And then she started the Melissa Athers Foundation, you know, really spurred from, you know, the tragic passing of her son, Beckett, yeah. um, who died of an opioid overdose. And, you know, the, the whole crux of the foundation is to research and fund studies on a lot of plant-based right. medicines that have been able to help right. treat depression, PTSD, opioid withdrawal, mm -hmm. addiction. And so we continue to kind of push that down because the war on drugs prohibits a lot of this funding, this research, and actually criminalizes doing some of this stuff. And so the fact that we're slowly starting to see shreds of research and funding come back again, made possible by, you know, foundations like hers, I think it's it's pretty remarkable. So it was great to talk to her about all of this. Yeah, man. And it's just one of those things where we don't know what we don't know. Right. And there's so much research that hasn't been done and everything is pushed to the pharmaceutical side and we know the side effects, but I really think like just as a whole society gotta take a step back. That's it. Just let let these have a seat at the table and let them, you know, work on their man. own merits. Like that's all. Yeah, yeah. let the scientists science. Let let them yeah. science, man. Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So again, this uh, I was it was just an amazing conversation. It's an amazing career, amazing life, and she's so open and raw and honest about it. I uh yeah, I, I can't can't recommend listening to my podcast that I need you to listen to more. Yeah, yeah. About that, let's let's get to it, Clayton. Let's get into it. Hey, Melissa, thank you so much for coming here today with us, for being on the War on Drugs podcast with me and Greg. My pleasure. Thank you. We really appreciate it. We love what you're doing, and um, we just kind of want to get into it. I mean, I'm not sure the best way, but give us your personal history with the War on Drugs. That is our podcast, so we know everybody has their own personal battle. So, You know, I grew up in the Midwest in the 60s and 70s, and I had a big dream of becoming a rock star. And in the 70s and the early 80s, I saw a lot of my heroes and stuff have trouble with drugs and I saw a lot of what the world was kind of going through mm. and so I chose a very I, I wasn't against anything I just wasn't participating in it and and I was more concerned with making my career go than sort of losing right. myself in something that was going to numb me out 
So I, you know, put that aside and I, I didn't drink. I was a very strange rock star in, in that I didn't uh, participate <laughs> in any of that, you know, but I, I would recreationally, you know, have fun with my friends with cannabis and psilocybin and, and, um, right. but, you know, not a lot. And I never, you know, got it myself. It was always just, you know, somebody else. Then in 2004, I got breast cancer and started using cannabis instead of all of the, uh, gosh, they, they handed me like, for chemotherapy, they handed right. me like five, you know, prescription drugs. And I was like, you know, and then the, the drugs that help with the side effects of those drugs. And, and I was like, no, 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 wait, right. what are you doing? And, and it was, it was medicinal in California. Cannabis was, even though it was very hard to get, you know, it's like they were still busting everybody back then. But I was able to, you know, find the roadie that knew the roadie that could get me some cannabis. And I finally used it okay. every day for medicinal purposes. And I'd never done that before. It was, it was to feel normal. And after, you know, three months of using it and helping me so much, keeping me out of the hospital, um, giving me an appetite, mm -hmm. helping with depression and pain and all these things that it was so good for, I, I, I thought I want everyone to at least know this information and, and hopefully they could, if they wanted to, everyone should have a choice to use this. And that's what right. really kind of threw me into the more political uh, space of plant medicine and quickly realizing that there's a big difference between pharmaceuticals and plant medicine that's right. been around for thousands and thousands of years. You know, it's just huge and you yes. can't you cannot lump them together. So I I really took a journey with that and it led me to ayahuasca, it led me to my own soul searching, it led me to changing my life and a spiritual uh, awakening and, and all these things that it led me to, which helped when my son, who was uh, a, a teenager, 16, 17 years old, and was wanted to be a professional snowboarder and was trying out with the Aspen snowboard team, mm -hmm. and he broke his ankle. It, it broke his dreams, and it just broke him. And he was given Vicodin and from there, he just never got off of it. He he went from, you know, Vicodin to uh, heroin to uh, the last few days it was fentanyl, and so I've lost my son to the pharmaceuticals, and I have really then put so much of my own energy and effort into having the world understand and bringing the research and data that needs to be collected to legalize plant medicine that won't kill us. Wow. It's so sad to hear about Beckett and his story. But I'm, I want to ask, so you, you started the Atheris Foundation really out this trauma. And how do you turn that frustration, sadness from, from the loss of Beckett into you know, the great work that you're doing right now? Can you talk a little about what the Atheris Foundation does? Right after he died, I was very frustrated. I was sad. And, and a family, when someone is... Um, struggling with opioid use disorder and it's there's so much shame and guilt and uh stuff that the family doesn't know what to do with you don't know whether to you know give him right. money give him help or take everything away or you know what what are you supposed to do and no matter what you do it's not right because they have to come out of it themselves that's the that's the only way and right. so toward the last couple weeks of his life I, I knew that it was a very good possibility that he would not survive this. And I was prepared in a way. 
Uh, you know, of course, you, sure. you never are fully prepared for, for that when it happens. Right. But so when he passed away, I, I thought, I've got to do something positive. I don't want to be against things. I believe that there's more power in being for something. And I really believe that these plant medicines, these entheogens and psychedelics, they can, if a person is open to it, if they want to walk that path. It's it's not, uh, I don't think um, psychedelics are like, here, try this and your life will totally change. Right, yeah. It, it might right. if you are open to it, but it, a lot of it has to do with the person. So the Etheridge Foundation was set up to help people who are understanding how much psychedelics can do for pain and opioid use disorder, and generally just for the well-being of human beings. Right. And and yet they're thrown into the Schedule 1 yeah. category where there's no medicinal value and, and we can't even do any research on it, which is like... You know, you can't get credit unless you have credit. You know, it's like you're stuck in this this thing. Well, no, well, we don't have any research. So right. I, I said, well, we need to find the research. We need to go do this. And so we have been, we actually are the only foundation that is specifically focused on opioid use disorder. And the people that are running these these trials are just, just you know, frontline miracle workers. And we're getting amazing amazing results. yeah it, it does almost sound like a trap like yeah hey are you um, using illicit yeah. drugs come on by to this lab yeah. discovered <laughs> exactly yeah. you know are, are you on drugs well, I know. would you like yeah, some exactly. more <laughs> come by and we got you um that's i i love what you're doing because so much of the things are misunderstanding and we haven't done the research and haven't had the ability to really do it and when we look at pharmaceuticals and just the way they're so quick to put opioids in people's hands when they're in pain, but at the same time, they'll cut them off at the drop of a hat, knowing how addictive they are. And nobody really even talks about that. Nobody's like, hey, OK, well, maybe this is leading people down a path. of Yeah, they put so much on the person, the own personal, well, you you shouldn't get addicted, you know? It's like, oh, wait a minute. Right. So really, these um, entheogens, the, the psychedelics, do so much for a person's spirit and soul. And once again, it's still a lot has to do with the the person and their own life force. So it's, it's, a, it's not in the pharmaceutical categories because we pharmaceuticals come from the place of one pill is going to fix everybody on this. Right. And how can you compete with that when you're saying, look, every person has a choice of all this and what fits them. It's, it's a whole different way of looking at uh, wellness and medicine and health. So it's, it's, it's a long road we're going to walk here. Yeah. I'm all for the plant-based medicines, and you said one thing, uh, we put so much trust in the pharmaceuticals and big pharma, and they call the plant medicine and things that have been around for thousands of years, that's the alternative medicine. Yeah. yeah. When, how how has it been here longer, and it's the alternative, and it's been and proven throughout history, but this, so it's one of those things to distance it and make it seem 
foreign, dangerous, or well, take take a ch- chance with it if you want to. It might alter you. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you know, you should really start to unravel this whole thing where none of this is really based in evidence and science. It's all based in propaganda and what you can control and what you can't. And undoing that. Yeah, that's the yeah. work that we try to do here, and we see you're doing it. It's it's, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's 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 like you it, said, years and years. Information, education, that's all, you know, research. That's why it's like, look, let's, we're going to get these things one after another. And it's slowly, and once again, it's not for everybody. You, you know, there's some people you're not going to get to, hey, here's some psilocybin. It'll, it'll, you know, change your life or whatever. You know, it's, it's not going to work. They're going to just think that's really weird. You, it, you really have to have your own personal journey with it. So it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not a one pill fix it all thing. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit, just as far as the journey and what do they need to decide that they want out of it? Wow. Well, first of all, if they're listening to your podcast, they got to be pretty cool and they got to be, you know, they've got <laughs> to be a certain, you know, understanding going on. I think a lot of it's generational. You know, the, the younger generation is a, is a bit more open and they know that they've been lied to about cannabis they, they that you can see that as years go by and one by one the states are, are legalizing so you can see oh well massive amounts of people haven't gone crazy or nuts on cannabis so maybe that whole reefer madness was a lie oh yeah it was it was a lie and right. so you know so you kind of start that and you you check what your own understanding of it is and you you have to you're looking for harmony in your life. You're looking for for some kind of harmony. And that one path that so many of us are on, we got to get up, go to our job, we got to do this, got to take care of the kids, and we've got to solve all the problems and then try to get a good night's sleep, but we can't because we're all caffeined and we're all, you know, and worried and the stress. You have to kind of look at that first and go, that's the biggest problem. That might be why I have back pain, right? not because there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of make that choice, if that's what you're looking for, then psychedelics can help you if you understand, oh, I need a I need to change some behavior here. I need a mm-hmm. an answer, not just oh God, my back hurts. Give me a pill because you're going to keep going down that road. Right. But if you're ready right. to make a change, then cannabis can help, and a little bit of THC can help because it mm-hmm. it kind of spreads time and space out for you, and you go, oh, there's more to this than what I've thought. Now, some people, it's a hard jump to go from left brain to let your right brain sort of do some things. But if, you know, reading helps, talking to other people, information, your podcast, these things help. And then, then it's a road. And before you know it, you're at some ayahuasca circle and you're journeying and you're discovering (laughs) that you are light and love and the world is uh, uh, full of, uh, full of love. What what you said about the psilocybin definitely I've had some experiences where it's okay, I need to let things go. And it's simple stuff if you're allowed to be in that space. It's like breathing, you're like, wow, this feels good. Oh, this is what I'm not doing when I get upset. (laughs) This is why my shoulders hurt. This is why my (laughs) neck, I can hardly turn around without, you know, spinning my whole body. So, yeah. It's it's to, to take our population and the majority, if we can get them out of the a pill fix it all and gets them back on the construction line, quality of life is really important. 
And, and not everyone's going to do that, you know. People are always going to think that hard work gets you somewhere, you know. And and boy, you know, yeah, one one little nice journey with psilocybin can really teach you that breathing is an incredibly important thing to do. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it must have been so trying to flip that off because, I mean, being the megastar that you are and the amount of work that that takes and then being a female in the time that you were coming up and that, and then being a part of the LGBTQ community and trying oh, to do that. there's like, all that, yeah. You, I mean, there <laughs> yeah. was, you had to bust your ass in the way that you did to get there and then to kind yeah. of say like, I have to balance this or turn that. That must have been such a challenging experience. And so, well, it, you know, I got breast cancer. I yeah. it eventually, you know, it eventually will, you know, burn yourself up till you finally go, whoa, okay, I got to change. And that change is what saves your life. Every time my, I, even doctors bless their heart. They would say, well, we, we have found people that make a change in their lives are the ones that survive. So mm -hmm. It's kind of right. simple there. Even they've seen that. Yeah. It's about finding that thing, whether it's the family, whether it's your mother, you know, whether it's your, you know, what you think you should do as a job, what you should make and all those things. No, it, it, that's not what life is about. Life is not this some sort of race that we're on that that is not how it is. It's, it's right. joy is ridiculously important in life and we just don't ever put it first. Yeah, very true. You felt that in oh, your yeah. life. The nineties, the nineties was when you know I was huge and was the you know playing stadiums and arenas and it's like I was there and I've seen many many people that get there, and you go, ha, huh, wow, it was a lot more fun getting to there right. than it is being there wow. because being there lasts a day maybe you know and it and it moves on and life moves on in the light of. Fame moves on, it's very fickle, it never stays in one place. And you see these people that make it and then they keep trying. Then they're, then they're like, oh God, I gotta get up there. I've gotta, I've gotta do that again. I've gotta have that level. And there's some that can sustain it, you know, for a long time. But eventually you gotta just, you know, love it yourself no matter what mm -hmm. the outcome is, no matter what people, how many you sell or, you know, whatever's happening, you gotta love it. That's what saved me is it's like, oh, no, I love doing this, but I, I can be myself when I'm right. doing it. I don't have to be, I don't right. have to make myself up to be something else. And, and that, that's the way it is. And it's that high chase, it feels like, to what you're talking about and people trying to maintain and getting that from other sources. And Clayton, I know this is something you talked about in your stand-up where there can't be a better high than like being up there. And you've oh, seen yeah. it with people trying to maintain that. You've lost some friends in the, in the comedy you know, world and how yeah. difficult that is. And I see those parallels. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, but one thing about it is the love is what got you right. in it. And it's what keeps you there. And from what you're telling me, Melissa, it's what can save you too. Amen. So exactly. Yeah. We'll be right back with the War on Drugs podcast. The War on Drugs podcast is sponsored by Stand Together. Stand Together is a philanthropic community that partners with America's boldest change makers to tackle the root causes of our country's biggest problems. Like many others who experience addiction, Scott Strode was using drugs and alcohol to numb the pain. For him, it was childhood trauma. In his early 20s, Scott was invited into a boxing gym by a friend, and that's where he discovered the healing power of sport and community. In 2006, Scott founded The Phoenix, 
a free, sober, active community that uses the transformative power of sport to help people treat and heal from addiction. Scott Strode is one of many entrepreneurs partnering with Stand Together to drive solutions in education, healthcare, poverty, and criminal justice. To learn more, visit standtogether.org. Melissa, I was listening to one of your interviews, I think it was with Rolling Stone, and you talked about doing like a hero dosage of cannabis. A heroic dose, yes. dose, yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? You actually said like it actually really, you know, it's funny, but like it really helped you um, and you kind oh, of yeah. like fell into it. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Oh, yeah. No. And break, yeah, break it, break yeah. that down. Cause, <laughs> you got it. I, you, yeah. I'm going to tell you the story. So uh, <laughs> so I was, uh, I had just uh, oh, been through my first divorce. It was this is the late 90s and um, a friend had given me just a massive amount of cannabis and I was starting to get to know cannabis better. It was relaxing me. My girlfriend at the time was really fun, especially when we would smoke. And and in one weekend, I said, "Oh my gosh, have you ever done like you know pot brownies or you know eaten it edibles?" And and she was like, "No." And I hadn't done it in a long time. And I was like, "Oh, it's so much fun, you know." And and my girlfriend was the kind that she she was from the Midwest and she baked really well, like really made really good cookies, right? And she was also the kind that was like, hey, if a quarter cup is good, then a whole cup's got to be fantastic, right? And so she puts all this cannabis in, but she makes it taste so good in the in the cookie. Ooh. And so, you know, I ate one and it's it's the, you're eating one and you're waiting 20 minutes maybe and you're like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. Well, let's have another. And I ate another one and it started to kind of come on and then I got the munchies. So I ate another one, you know, and, and she... Passed out. She fell asleep, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, you you can't overdose on cannabis. You just fall asleep. Absolutely. But before I fell asleep, I went on what I call a heroic dose uh, journey. It was so much cannabis that my right brain, my intuitive brain completely took over. My inner being and uh, connected to the non-physical and the spiritual was completely wide open. And of course, I thought I was dying. That's what that what, that's what you think. <laughs> yeah, that's what, how yeah. many phone calls, yeah. how many police phone calls have we heard of, oh, I'm dying, I've taken too much cannabis and my heart's pounding and I'm dying. <laughs> and you know, and, and I did, I went through that, I went, oh God, I'm dying. <laughs> And then after a few moments of, of, okay, I'm dying, it was like, well, if I'm dying, it's not so bad. So bad. You know, yeah. this, this is not so bad. Right. And, and, and I started thinking about, well, why are we so afraid of death? We just, it's it, because my soul felt like it was so big that I was, I was definitely going to continue forever. So what am I afraid of dying for? So that was the first thing that changed wow. my life was overcoming like really seriously overcoming the fear of death mm -hmm. because that that holds so many of us back and for heaven's sakes we're all yeah. gonna die really we are and and let's so let's make this breaking news yeah uh, you know, yeah, yeah it's great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're all dying guess what but um who? Yeah. Who told you yeah. that? No, I'm just I know. No matter what they say, we are all going to die someday. The funny thing is, you know, when you get too high and you think you're about to die, you always associate it with stuff your body's supposed to do. Like, my heart's beating. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can feel the blood flowing through my veins. <laughs> like, 
my lungs keep getting bigger yeah. and then they get smaller. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're no, like, this is all this stuff is just general that my body's body. supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just understanding and being comfortable with death and taking that head on. And that's a major area of this. And, you know, we talked to Ishmael Ali from MAPS, where they're doing some amazing work. And they're, I think they're in their mm-hmm. third trials with MDMA and taking combat veterans with severe PTSD and mm-hmm. actually curing them. Mm-hmm. And, and the shame of it is, you know, most of these medicines, we had hundreds of research papers and trials, you know, in the 50s and the 60s. And then prohibition comes on all these things and it just stops. And, because of foundations like yours, you know, they're they're helping kind of move that through and we're getting there. But it, it I always just think about what a shame it is that we've lost, you know, decades of research and therapeutics on this. Mm. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. And so, you know, we talked about some of the regulatory aspects and prohibition and things like that. What are some of the other impediments that you have seen with your work with the foundation to actually get these things off the ground? And how can people help your foundation? How can they help in their individual capacity? We love to, you know, always end on call to action. Well, please look, it's etheridgefoundation.org. And of course, money is what makes us go because that's what enables us to, to do these, um, the research, you know, do the research and these trials. And you can go to uh, the website, etheridgefoundation.org, and you can read what we're doing mm-hmm. and you can see the the incredible results that we're just starting to get. We are also starting the very first clinical trial. We're, we're doing, it's like a pre-trial so that we can go to the other, the next step of it, of ayahuasca. Um, once wow. again, very hard because of the legal ramifications. There's a, a scientist in Australia who's able to use Australian vine and leaf down there to create the ayahuasca medicine down there. And we are just starting that. And if you check out etheridgefoundation.org, you can find more information about that. We've also, one of our, this is one of the favorite things that we're doing. One of the first things we did is Spain, who provides methadone to their heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a government-supplied system they had now have people on methadone for 15, 20 years, and they are looking to us to find a way to get them off. And we have been working with a group out of Africa that has um, used the aboga root, which you make ibogaine, which is very similar to ayahuasca, but even deeper. And, and these are not recreational drugs whatsoever. This is no. really hard, soul-searching work. And the results that we've gotten back from Spain, that not only are these uh, users of 15, 20 years of methadone completely off opioids and methadone and heroin, completely off, but they stopped drinking, they stopped smoking, Mm -hmm. they just turned their life completely around. You know, once again, it's not 100% because the person also has a lot to do with it, but remarkably, like like eight out of 10 or something, I think, really had incredible results with that. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. If you ever want to know about the war on drugs and it not being about drugs, understand the addiction of the drug that they put you on to take you off another addiction. Yeah. That is methadone. <laughs> and then they right. count cannabis as a schedule one drug. And this is all hunky dory. It's here we are. Insanity. The world we live in. <laughs> uh, we're working on it. Thanks, guys. We're working on it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We'll be right back with The War on Drugs. Because- 
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary in Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Man, that's it, Greg. Our first celebrity guest, man. Well, we did have Eric Andre. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. We got we got celebrities yeah. on our show. We so humble, man. I forget. There. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. Well, I guess you're so big now, like what you consider celebrity now. No, 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 that's no. That's probably it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Eric Andre is definitely yeah. a celebrity. And I know him. That's like that's like my dude. So that that might yeah. be why. But no, nah, that that was great. Just to to hear what she's doing with the foundation and what it's able to do. And I like the point that she brought up that is is not necessarily one cure for everybody. Right. Like there's still work that has to be done. Some of these things might work for you. Some of them may not. But just having that option gives people a chance to not be subject to getting addicted. And I love the work they're doing. You know, I want to know more. Exactly. This is not going to solve all your problems. This is not, you know, no 100% money back guarantee. It's just give all this stuff a chance to at least like come out. Because what we're doing right now, 
sure as hell ain't working. Right. Uh, you know, we're tipping over a hundred thousand overdose deaths a year. Right. And so these types of things really help. And that's one we kind of wanted to touch on with our end credits here. Um, our producer, Michael, um, one of the hardest working men in the business, uh, sent us, sent us a story. Scoured. About, he scoured uh, stacks yeah, and scoured stacks the of information. He went to a library, filled out an application for a library man. card, did the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got late fees and everything. Uh, so he found this story about this guy, Howard Lutz of, you know, we're, we're talking 1962. This guy was addicted to heroin at 19. And then he decided he wanted to ingest Ibogaine, which is this extract from a West African shrub called the aboga. Yeah. You know, now we kind of know that it's helpful with, you know, opioid withdrawals, yeah. and heroin withdrawals, and actually can reduce the, the cravings for heroin. I mean, I guess kind of the way he took it, he said he had a friend who had a lot of drugs in a freezer and was going through it and just kind of offered it. Hey, you might like this. Yeah. You know, here's a great quote from him just kind of telling the story. This is from a lecture that he did in 2008. I followed the tree up into the sky and I saw these clouds in the sky and I realized for the first time in my life, I wasn't afraid. And that brought me to the understanding that at least certain drug addiction is fear and anxiety driven. And that fear and anxiety were gone for the first time in my life. And it gets you high for like 36 hours. And he said he took it and he was like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep for a week and I'm never doing this again. And that's when that realization that you just spoke about kind of hit him. And yeah. most of the reviews of people that I've seen that have taken Ibogaine or either the boga plant all kind of say that same thing about that fear being lifted yeah. it's a thread you want to follow and you want to be like okay well let's let's find out more let's find out so let's pull on this a little bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And again this guy took this in 1962 this is not some new weight loss drug or miracle right. drug but a lot of the results that we hear from this stuff is all anecdotal where it's just like this guy doing this thing or a couple people doing out here because the government blocks so much studies and research. And now we're talking, I mean, gosh, I'm not great at math. What is that? 60 yeah. years ago? 60 this guy years was in. he this tried is it and for 60 years, we don't have any more info. You know what I mean? We have some, but yeah, we have not some. nearly what would be if people would actually study it or allowed to study it. Exactly. It's still a schedule one drug. And so it's still considered to not have any, you know, medical value whatsoever, which seems kind of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the Ethers Foundation is actually given to a lot of organizations that are studying this. And something I just saw, Clayton, was the state of Kentucky, of all places, just set aside like $42 million to research Ibogaine to help with opiate addiction mm -hmm. and withdrawals because they lose about, I think the last thing I saw was like 2,000 to 3,000 people every year to overdose. Yeah. So, Again, slowly but surely, we're seeing this to start to move. And so we're at this like amazing time right now where things are getting better. But man, you just, how many lives have been lost? How many, how much the research could have been done that just was blocked because of the drug and war? At this point, it feels like, oh, we're trying these things because we're desperate now. Like we've let right. it, we've shut it down so long and we haven't done research and we could be so much further ahead. Yeah. And Howard Lotsoff, he died in, in 2010. And so he didn't really get to see kind of what he was doing come to this kind of, we're, we're not there full circle, but at least, you know, it's getting national exposure. And, you know, it just, again, just kind of takes you back to the lives that have been lost, like Melissa's son Beckett and thousands and thousands of others have struggled with addiction. 
when these types of cures and medicines could have been out there. But there is some positives coming out of here. And so, you know, even though Howard didn't get to see it, even though many were not able to to see kind of like the full clinical aspects of a lot of these plant-based medicines come to light, I think we're, we're getting to a better place. And so, you know, yeah. like we always try to say, we try to leave it a positive note. And I think that is the positive yeah. note. I want to find out more. I'm not quite sure I want to, I want to partake on the aboga. I don't think being high for 34 hours is, if you do anything for 34 hours, you should get a paycheck at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way, like that's that's not recreational anymore. So, but yeah. No, that's what we call a bender. Yeah, uh, a bend, that is yeah. bent. That yeah. is bent, <laughs> almost broken. You hear me? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, with, with, with that, um, I'm Greg Glod. I'm Clayton English. And thanks for listening to The War on Drugs. Make sure you follow the War on Drugs podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you for listening. Executive producers for War on Drugs are Jason Flom and Kevin Wardis. Our senior producer is Michael Epstein. Editing by Nick Massetti and Michael Epstein. Associate producer and mix and mastering by Nick Massetti. Additional production by Jeff Clyburn. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Lava for Good. You can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Glaude, and you can follow Clayton English on Instagram at Clayton English. The War on Drugs is a production of Lava for Good podcast in association with Signal Company Number One. I'm your host, Greg Glaude. And I'm Clayton English. Thanks for listening. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.